that was a little bit of this journey of like this big revelation. I just, I just, I personally didn't know there was permission. I should be doing this. God created me to do this. Welcome to the Fresh Expressions podcast, season four. I'm calling it the holiday edition. I'm your host, Heather Jalad. I'm a local pastor and a cultivator of Fresh Expressions, new faith communities that strive to reach new people in unexpected places. Season four will help you reimagine how you can leverage the fall season and the winter holidays to reinvigorate your church's relationship to your neighborhood and community. If you love this podcast, we hope you'll check out more. Head over to FX Connect an online community of church leaders who are reaching new people in new places and access our entire library of practical and inspiring training materials. You can register for free today at fxconnectus.org. And if you've benefited from this podcast, you can help us spread the word. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or just share your favorite episode with a friend or on social media. Well, welcome back to the Fresh Expressions podcast. It is a good day to have a conversation about how our passions and the things that we love can be the birthplace for Fresh Expressions. And I have two great conversation partners here to talk just about that uh, and how those things um, have an opportunity for all or a place of opportunity for all of us to start uh, these new forms of church. So. I will let them introduce themselves, Marcus and Mitch. I don't know how we ended up with the M's in the room, but Marcus and Mitch, um, I will let you share a little bit about yourselves, introduce yourselves the way you like to be introduced. We are talking about how these passions, these things like skiing and snowboarding and rugby and swing dancing. Yes, we will talk about all of those things today <laughs> um, can be the birthplace for fresh expression. So um, I'm going to let uh, Mitch, why don't you introduce yourself first? Hey, everyone. Uh, so thanks for the intro. My name is Mitch Marcello. I'm in act- actually in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And I started something called the Axe Network, uh, which is a local network of fresh expressions connected to our church. Uh, it was a number of years ago now. So started that endeavor, I think it was about seven and a half, eight years ago. Uh, and my, my current role is the director of innovation. So I love talking about creativity and the need that of, the, of Christians to embrace imagination and creativity in their own local context uh, in order to see God move in new ways. And so happy to be with you and share a little bit about what um, I've experienced and part of my passion for Fresh Expressions. Yay, Mitch. Glad to have you with us. Marcus. Hey, glad to be with everybody. My name is Marcus Corey, and uh, I've really been on a lifelong journey of making the creator known in his creation as a passionate uh, skier, snowboarder, uh, whitewater rafting guide, um, Appalachian Trail through hiker. Um, I've been really fortunate in the last 11 years to be called a ski resort chaplain. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't know those existed 20 years ago, but they did. And uh, like you said in the the intro, it's where my passion uh, for the outdoors and the outdoor community uh, meets my passion for the church and spiritual community. And uh, so I am the chaplain of Loon Ski Resort. 
but it is evolving quickly in the last couple of years to now doing other ski resort ministries at other resorts. So my my role is evolving as we take on more ski resorts underneath our ministry. Uh, but we are having a blast up here in New England and uh, essentially being a church to the unchurched yeah. up here in New England and doing it on skis and snowboards and outside on top of mountaintop. Yeah, that's awesome. So we have like a director of innovation and a chaplain of a ski resort. I mean, you guys, those those don't come along every day. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Before kind of we hit record, um, we talked about, you know, this place of fresh expressions kind of emerging where the intersection of our passions and our loves and the things that we enjoy doing. Yes, fun. um, And our life in Christ kind of intersect. Um, and that that is really the, kind of the birthplace of, of Fresh Expressions in this regard and something that you guys have really lived out and embodied in your uh, mission and ministry. So I would love for each of you to kind of share a little bit about your experiences of this and how those things have kind of developed along the way. Um, we'll let you do that. And then I'm, I'm sure we'll have some questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Heather, I, I'd love to. Uh, start just with like my personal journey uh, with Christianity. I came to Christ when I was in college and I was part of a campus ministry uh, called the CCO. And it was the, and through that experience, I got to, I actually was learned about the full biblical narrative of creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. And how, like, w- w- when we understand that the rest, the process of restoration um, is leading us back to creation, right? And right. oneness with the creator, that that there is this uh, invitation to live into the reality of the restoration of all things. And there's this uh, theologian uh, that we talked about, Abram Kuyper, and he, how he t- and he would talk about how every square inch of creation is God, and mm. nothing's off limits. Mm. And I remember hearing that and just being floored because normally in my brain i was like here's the here's the stuff god cares about and then here's the stuff that maybe is less important to god you know so church and and mission trips and, and you know et cetera, et cetera, the you know bible studies that really matters to god but mm-hmm. this other stuff like maybe god doesn't care about that as much and learning about the full biblical narrative and really giving permission to continue caring about these things was like a revelation to me. And, and I didn't see what God was doing. Obviously I, I like it, uh, but looking back to, you know, starting a swing dance church and a rugby church experience. And, you know, uh, we got to create churches in like a nursing home and in, in people's homes mm-hmm. um, and yoga, a, a yoga studio um, out in nature church. We have something called church on the mountain. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, just kind of the list. Go, we're in middle schools and high schools doing something called Faith Zone now. Um, you know, seeing that like this stuff that we care about, that how God has created us mm. um, to be, that we are invited to think, uh, thought like critically about what it looks like as Christians to enter those spaces, um, uh, not separate from the gospel but filled with the gospel and to be filled with a mission in those spaces. Um, so anyway, that's, that's a little bit of a precursor, I guess, just setting it up. 
Um, yeah. I love to, to, but that, that's, that was a little bit of this journey of like this big revelation. I just, I just, I personally didn't know there was permission. I should be doing this. God created me to do this. Mm. Yeah. And so you, so like understanding the overarching, the kind of the meta narrative of scripture invited you into that space where all the things were connected and your appreciation really for all of the places of creation, I think is something that speaks to Marcus too, and kind of uh, how he, uh, God invited him on this journey. And I don't know if you want to say a little bit about that, Marcus, before we kind of tag team back and forth and kind of get you guys' stories. But um, I know that's very, very important to the ministry that you do as well. Yeah, I mean, Mitch and I could go on for <laughs> hours and hours. Uh, we only but, have a 30-minute uh, podcast, Marcus. I know, I know, I know. We have a lot of fun. Mitch and I have a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah. you know, essentially for me, if you're talking to me, my personal journey is, you know, I was born on Saturday in church on Sunday. Mm -hmm. My dad was the pastor and my mom was, you know, the choir director and the Sunday school superintendent. Um, but I always felt, I always felt uncomfortable, I guess I'll say. Like, mm -hmm. like I didn't really quite fit per se, but I absolutely, but it wasn't a sense where I didn't love the, the foundational pieces of what I call the four-walled church. I, I, I wouldn't be here without the four-walled church. Yeah. Absolutely appreciate yeah. all about the four-walled church. But it wasn't probably until I was in middle school, actually, and I sustained a pretty major injury while snowboarding um, that my parents, I think, were trying to distract me while I was down and out, not feeling great. And essentially, I came up with this Christian snowboard camp that I wanted to host at my house. <laughs> And my parents, the next year, let me host during our school vacation week, a Christian snowboard camp at my house as an eighth grader. Wow. And it was called High, High and Lofty Christian Snowboard Camp. And we did. That's exactly what we did. And essentially, what I, I think over time, I've been able to articulate it more, put words to it, is that, you know, shared common experiences mm. are what create relationships. Yeah. And relationships are the rails in which the gospel can penetrate into someone's personal life. Okay. And so, you know, we are very fortunate here in the mountains. Anytime you enter the mountains, it creates a shared common experience. Mm -hmm. We say in the ski industry, in a lift line to get on a chairlift to go up to go skiing, it's one of the only places where a billionaire and a bum are high-fiving each other, stoked to be together. And actually, the, 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 the script is flipped because the billionaire actually kind of is jealous of the bum in, in the ski industry. And so the shared common experience is something very natural at a ski and snowboard culture, at a hiking culture, at a rafting culture, biking, rugby, swing deck, dance culture. When you share something in common that's an experience, mm -hmm. you begin to build a relationship. And it is mm -hmm. relationship that allows us to present <clears throat> Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Mm. It, Marcus, one of the things that I, I continue to think about, like, is that just how lonely people are. Yeah. And I heard recently, and now I don't know if this statistic is true because I haven't like read the research, uh, but I've, I've, I've heard that loneliness can take up to 15 years off of someone's life. That expectancy. makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, like I was, I, cause I was asked the question recently, Mitch, why do you love doing this so much? You love building community. And I was thinking about my own experience. I know what it feels like to be lonely. Mm. I, I, I know what it feels like to be disconnected from other people. And 
as Christians, when we're building these spaces, we're building these spaces that people can have shared experiences like you're talking about, Marcus. We're, we're meeting a real need in, in this world, in this world uh, that we live in, that, that we can truly have people be seen and have people be heard and have people like uh, experience uh, even a little bit of, of what this Christian life is all about. One of the things that I hear both of you saying really is, you know, in in some sense, you had kind of compartmentalized God in your Christian experience or or it has been had been done for you <laughs> and you kind of discovered the God that is everywhere all at once. Right. Every everywhere, everything all at once. But that and and all of creation is are are the places that that we can meet God and experience God and invite God into that mutual experience as well. And I mean, unfortunately, with some of these compartments um, that we have kept God in, that there um there can be this um, misunderstanding of like, okay, this is what this these Christian things happen here and not here. Right. Or, you know, or maybe even church isn't fun, you know, and, and you guys have really, really kind of um, um, uh, kind of redeemed that in some pretty powerful ways through the ministry that you've done. So, um, Marcus, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I don't know if there's there's something that you wanted to add to what Mitch was saying, but I, I do definitely see those connections with both of your stories. Yeah, the stories for sure. He, he got me thinking about it with loneliness. Mm-hmm. and. You know, I've had some, I've been very blessed to spend some really good time with Stephen Barr down at Disney. Yeah. A really cool guy from Kingdom Influence. And also spent a lot of good time with Pam Morris, who's one of my mentors up at Sugarloaf, who does ski resort ministry at Sugarloaf. And the thing that I've been able to spend a lot of time talking to both of them is, is actually sadly the suicide rate, um, both at Disney, um, in the work staff housing there, but also uh, in Mountain Town. And one of the things that I've learned from both of them kind of putting it together is like this idea where people are coming to the mountain and they might be thinking that they're coming to escape their busyness, their hecticness, their stress, or escape their loneliness. And then they come to a place like the mountain that's so beautiful. It's what the Celtics, you know, John would talk about this, the thin space, right? the thin space, John Davis talks about this, the thin space and the mountains have a lot of thin space, the, the sunsets, the sunrises, the storms, a powder day, uh, lift lines and high fives and, and good times at a local uh, a watering hole. And, and essentially what happens is these people who are trying to escape to these thin spaces, if they don't find what they're looking for, it can result in some major, major depression because mm-hmm. this is their last ditch effort. But the opposite is true as well, is that when we as believers are able to help shift the thought process of someone who's trying to escape and introduce them to the fact that they're not actually an escape artist, but that they're a pilgrim, that they're on a pilgrimage looking to belong. And we belong because we are made and loved by God. And we know it because of his good creation. We've mm-hmm. understood the cultural mandate so that we can then accomplish the Great Commission, right? And so we're here in a really cool, ex- in these thin spaces called mountains. It's, it's what Disney would call the psychological advantage. 
we have the psychological advantage, which is wonder. Yeah. And wonder helps combat the only two lies that the devil has. And that's that God's not real mm. or he's not good. Mm. And wonder really works on both of those lies. And we have a beautiful platform on which to do it in the mountain setting as it's experiential, as we're helping people direct them from being escape artists into pilgrims and then helping introduce them what they're searching for. Mm. And, uh, oh, I could go on forever. Yeah, I'll stop. <laughs> I'll get yeah Mar- Marcus, what you, uh, you and I have talked about this before, but there's a, another theologian. His name is Neil. So Robert E. Neil. And he talks about the difference between a funster and a player. And, uh, and I, I love this because uh, you're, you're saying these, another way of saying escape artist and pilgrim, he would say funster versus player. And he would say, like, what is a funster? Funster is someone that's living for the weekend, that's just trying to, like, numb out, you know, uh, it's five o'clock somewhere, a hard day of work comes around, I just want to clock in late, I want to leave as early as I can. And Robert Robert E. Neal says, don't be a funster. He says, be a player. Mm. That That he says that, you know, I want you, like, that we're supposed to be going and digging deep that that hard day of work comes around and that we're sniffing out, what can we do? You know, that, that there's a recognition that, that God is as infinitely wide as he is infinitely deep. And there's more for us to discover in this good, 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 very good creation. Yeah. And that, that as, as Christians, we just, we forget it. There's this, we, we, we enter into our faith with this sense of wonder and mystery and excitement. And then one day we wake up and we might be saying to ourselves, is that all there is? Mm. And, you know, I wonder if there's more, I thought there was more. And the beautiful um, news, the good news is the answer to that is yes. Yes. There is more for us to discover because God is infinite. And infinitely good in that, like when we as Christians start to remember this, or maybe we actually realize this for the first time, that we start stepping into places with that wonder that Marcus is talking about, with that expectancy that God is going to be showing up, no matter whether we're snowboarding or dancing or going into the four wall church. That, 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 that if this is exciting, beautiful ministry that allows us to build these relationships and do some really significant um, work in this place that God has placed, uh, put us. What, what if one of the ways that the enemy keeps the, or, or works at keeping the kingdom from advancing is by filling us believers with shame? Mm. Let's go pursuing the goodness of God. And Mm. so instead of becoming good experts or or (laughs) or good consumers of the goodness of God, we feel shame over it. And so we kind of shrink back and then we promote a God that nobody in the outside world wants. Yeah. But when we become experts in the goodness of our father Mm. and then we play this game called hide and good seek. Hide and good seek that the Lord has hidden goodness everywhere. And when we're playing hide and good seek, what neighbor wouldn't want to join you in that awesome game? Yeah. It change it changes it changes our how we act. It, it changes how we share the gospel. Like it 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 starts to shift 
a lot of things inside of us, which is, you know, again, like I, I, Marcus, I've talked a lot about this, but this word called permission is so critical that there's this capital P permission slip for us to go play and explore in the world, in the creation that God has put us ready to give honor and glory to God, the creator, God, our father, you know, God, the one that, that has died for us. But Mm. it's, it's, it's a shift again, like from, from not, not being curious to being filled with awe and expectancy of this goodness. And, and I think Marcus, like for you, I mean, this was something that you obviously loved from, I mean, you love skiing and snowboarding and all of these things from the time you were a young man, you were, you were already demonstrating those entrepreneurial gifts and creating your own um, snowboard camp during vacation. But um, like, how did things, how did things progress from that point to the point where you are now? I mean, what, what did that look like? Uh, I mean, to be honest, it had to get worse before it got better. <laughs> I, I I don't listen well. Uh, mm. God usually has to communicate with two by fours when it comes to communicating with me. Mm. Um, I, I say, ask for I those say sometimes. The, <laughs> I say I, I like when 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 Mitch and I are talking about the good good in Genesis chapter one. Yeah, I like <laughs> to say that the the Bible is a lot like my wife. It repeats itself if it really wants me to get <laughs> it. <laughs> And so Genesis chapter one says good all that time. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, honestly, um, when I was in the fifth grade, we were going through some really difficult times in my home. Um, We had been asked to leave the church. Um, My mother could no longer homeschool us. All the things that were normal for me were no longer, they weren't anchors. They weren't bedrocks. There was nothing there when I grasped for them. And when I went to public school my sixth grade year, I know this is not everyone's story, but this is mine. When I went to public school, I did not know that when the Holy Spirit entered my life, my spiritual gift was evangelism. Hmm. And so when I was, when I was, you know, at my Christian plumbers, and then I went to my Christian mechanic, and I went to my Christian lawyer, that I went to my Christian doctor, and I went to my, and, you know, all these things, I, I never exercised my spiritual gifting. And so it lay dormant, even though I was filled hmm. with the Holy Spirit. And when I went to a public school, man, my spiritual gifting came alive. It was not easy. It was very, very difficult. Don't get me wrong. But I've been on this journey. And then after college, I got into Christian camping, which Christian camping Mm. is incredible. Do not get me wrong. I think it's phenomenal. We support it. I'm all behind it. My kids go to it. I, I just love it so much. But what I didn't realize in the Christian camping world is that a majority of the people coming on retreats and conferences, a majority of the people coming to the camps, were believers and were being encouraged by being in the outdoors, which is great. And there was a small percentage of people that did know the Lord. But then the Lord had to move me out of that not a, a, in an uncomfortable way. Yeah. And, and, and threw me into this ski resort ministry that I didn't even know existed. And, <laughs> and now I live and work and play among the unchurched. And I'm relating to them on all kinds of different levels. And um, again, my spiritual gifting of evangelism, um, and I think that's what got me so excited when I met folks like Mitch, when I understood things like fresh expressions, because sometimes I could throw away the four-walled church because mm. it really hurt me. Mm-hmm. 
but I didn't want to. And right. I was out on this new thing called outdoor experiential worship services. And I'm like, ah, the old church, they don't get it. They're so irrelevant, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But all of a sudden, when I went to that national conference where I guess I met you, yeah. uh, Heather, is there was a language for the traditional four-walled church and the experiential outdoor expression of the church yeah. that all came together. And I was like, these are my people. And so that's kind of my story on how I got here. And I've been really thankful for it fresh expressions because it's given me language yeah. to explain and then meeting with Mitch and, and now I realize why I'm so excited about the cultural mandate Genesis chapter one because I'm very passionate about the Great Commission one because I was raised in a conservative church along the Appalachian Trail so everyone told that thing yeah but I really have the gift of evangelism but I was really frustrated with the methodology because I was like this is not working because <laughs> Yeah, going and knocking on someone's door or going and, and yelling from a street corner. Right. There, there is no psychological advantage there. But having a shared common experience of a sunset, a sunrise, and being an individual who can call out the good mm. in that from the creator, because mm. I know yeah. the father and I know his goodness, being someone who can call out that goodness wherever we're experiencing on a powder day, whatever. And then walking through the valley of the shadow of death with these people yeah. and still being able to point to God's goodness, that's where the rubber hits the road. And that's where we've seen a lot of people give their life to Christ in this context is not necessarily the mountaintop, but the valley. And what we say here at Outdoor Experiential Worship Service, look around, the mountaintop's usually barren. There's no fruit up there, but there's beautiful faith perspective. There's great perspective, but the fruit's down in the valley next to the river. Mm, and we good. don't just spend mountaintop yeah. time with people. We also spend valley time. And we can call out the goodness in either location. And that's, I just get so excited. And I mean, to mm. me, that translates really well. Like you, you've, you've, you, you were able to get language for something you were already doing, already, you were already experiencing, et cetera. And then in turn, really the, the ministry that you are doing, um, the mission that you are about is essentially naming those things that other people are experiencing in those shared experiences. That's God, right? And so, you know, I think it it's interesting how sh those shared experiences really do um, kind of create space for us to be able to name those things for each other, which is um, really profound when we think about it. And and those um, practices that maybe uh, that you were naming as far as evangelism was concerned prior that you would experience are very absent of that. Right? They're very absent of the 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 significant bond that creates space for relationship in those shared experiences. And then therefore the trust that comes along with that as well. Um, mm -hmm. So good stuff. I know Mitch, you're itching to say stuff. I see, I see you. <laughs> oh no, I just, no, it's great. I, I love listening to Marcus. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that similarly, like it's just to give some specifics that uh, two of the, I mean that I was, I spent, uh, a part of my 20s being a professional swing dancer. And uh, when I moved to uh, back to Williamsport, uh, you know, I kind of hung up my hung up my shoes for a little bit. But then mm -hmm. as I was learning more about fresh expressions, I was like, I wonder what what it would look like to, to utilize this thing that me and my wife both love. That's how we met. Um, and to start a community. And there it was it was super i mean it was super beautiful um and i didn't realize what uh, the, uh, that i was doing this but we would do the lesson we would we would get done with our lesson and i would say the same thing or essentially the same thing before we would do social dancing 
and it would be it would just be thank you for coming to the to class tonight uh we really hope that you'll stick around to do some social dancing to get some practice in but, but we just want to say that 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 at, while we're interested in making you good dancers we are more interested in building a beautiful community together and that means uh that you're a part of this and we want anyone and everyone that when they walk in here to feel loved to be to feel seen and to be heard and validated uh no matter where that's the first and most important thing that we're trying to accomplish here at uh, in this community and second we would love to make you awesome dancers and I didn't realize, but someone I was talking to a friend of mine, Drew, and he said, "Mitch, that's a liturgy. You, you basically you created a liturgy for swing dancing." And I said it every single time. And when the pandemic hit, uh, we stopped dancing, Mm. and that dance community is still going. (laughs) But like, because because it's a community, it's because it's people that love each other, and like. It's just huh? so rare to come across. And like, I didn't, again, I didn't, I mean, I, I knew I wanted to find a way to tell people why we're here, that we're not just here as funsters. We're not just here looking to like, you know, we are here for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there's just beautiful, beautiful things, like stories I could share from that experience um, and from rugby. But, but like, it's, it, I think that, again, just this validation of who we are, like, and and how we could be utilizing this is so important. And I guess I'll just share one one story. Um, I, we were at the national gathering, and Mark, I think Marcus and I actually just got done doing a session together. Yeah. And this uh, this one person came up to me afterwards, and they were just in tears. And they were explaining to me that they were a potter. They had a pottery studio actually, mm. and they've been asking their pastor if they could start like a something inside of the pottery studio and it was met with a no over and over again. Mm. And, and she's like, I just don't know what to do. Cause I'm hearing this. And like, I just know that's who I am. And I want to think about, but like how, and I guess I'm sharing that just because I think our brain goes to, well, no, if you're going to do a church thing, it needs to be in the, it, we, yeah. we, you know, that, that means it's going to take you out of the walls. That means it's going to, you know, you're, we're going to lose something here. We're going to sacrifice something here. And my answer, my response is yes, yes, (laughs) you are. But, but like, but we need to, we need to be willing to say yes to honor and validate. Like, and you might need to do that individually. You 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 might need to like prune something else off in order to pay attention to who God has created you to be and where God might be calling you to go today um because you you know we we set up these a lot of these should i should do this Mm -hmm. i should do Mm -hmm. this i should no who are you who has god really made you to be and like and how can we how can we take the gospel forward Mm -hmm. uh with the security with the assurances that exist um from god no, that's good i mean that that's certainly a word of encouragement to to everyone that's listening and and the things that you already left it. And I think it also speaks, Mitch, to this this desire maybe in people um in our inherited forms of church to have the permission of the of the the pastor um or the leadership. And and I think really the the uh, uh, the implication here is that 
as pastors, we need to be willing and regularly doing that, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> regularly doing that. I mean, to, you know, to, to call out the very goodness in um, each and every person that is a part of that, you know, worshiping community and how that very goodness and the uniqueness of the gifts and the passions and the loves um, that each person has um, might be put, put to use for the yeah. kingdom of God. Heather, if I could say just one more thing, uh, not to uh, monopolize the time. I I was talking with a congregant here locally and, and she's, her name is Brenda and she's just so, so sweet. And I've gotten to know her and she's just been doing some amazing work at, at uh, one of our, at our, one of our dinner church experiences. And she said to me, Mitch, I, you know, you asked me a question that nobody has asked me in the 40 years of me going to church. Wow. And, and she said, you asked me, what do you love to do? And what does it look like to do that uh, either inside the church or outside the church? And she, mm. she said 40 years, like, but like, mm. I just, I just wonder, like, because we're so, we're so interested in like, I need somebody to come and like, click this button, or I need someone to like, you know, fill this role. And we're, we're not seeing them. We're not asking them. Like, mm. uh, yeah. like, who are you? Yeah. And, mm. and, and what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That literally, I mean, you know, one of the things I wanted you guys to share is like, what's one thing people like super practical can do that that is super practical for, you know, for any of the the the, the pastors or, or church leaders that are listening right now. Do you know what the people in front of you love to do? Do mm. you know what they love to do? There you mm. go. <laughs> and Marcus, uh, what would you I'm- add to that? <laughs> I'd love to add this little snippet because I love because, you know, Mitch is talking to the people who are being held back by maybe outside situations. I'd love to talk to some people that are maybe being held back by inside doubt. And here's what I'd say, because I think a lot of question that we get, Mitch, as we do church on the mountain and skis and snowboards or whatever, is, well, when does it become church? Mm, how, mm-hmm. how, how, like, go, that sounds great to introduce myself to people and to have these shared common experiences. But when does it become church? Here's how I answer that question. I've got a daughter who's 17 and a daughter who's 15. And if you've ever had a daughter before, or maybe if you've been a little girl before, there's a time in your life where you get really excited. I don't know if it's Disney's fault or whose fault, but you get really excited <laughs> about about being a bride yeah. and you do fake weddings in your backyard and you do weddings, you know, fake mm. weddings at the, at the playground at school. And you make some poor boy stand up there and they're <laughs> like, huh? and these girls, you know, a lot of them love to play pretend. Well, what I'm saying to you, those who are worried about the church taking shape and ter- church taking form, mm. you won't be able to stop it. Mm. Once you awaken the God given, the God made desire uh. for us all to be the bride of Christ. When you, it, when you ignite this, that this person was designed and made to be the bride of Christ, you will yeah. ignite a desire within them. You won't be able to stop them. Yeah. Talk to any of these fresh expressions. You won't, you'll have a, you'll have a church on your hand that you won't even know what to do. And yeah. they'll desire the sacraments. And they'll desire to serve above themselves, their desire for mission. Amen. And you're like, where did this all come from? It's because we were all designed to be the bride of Christ. And mm. when we introduce them to a good husband, we're stoked. Come mm. on. <laughs> it's just, 
I, I mean, just to, to go off that, Marcus, we I, we get that question a good amount, but like we talk about being pilt, like um, pioneers, right? Mm. We talk about the pioneers can't, they, they can't see. Right. Exact, they don't know exactly where they're going. That's right. But they, but they know they're pioneers. They know they're, they're know they're called to go. Yeah. And, and, and like, and with this, like if we can start with curiosity, we mm. can start, we can mm. start moving and just discovering and trusting that God is going to be present no matter what. I think that question of uh, like that question, while it's important, I want to honor that question as best as we can. I also want to honor the fact that when Christians uh, pay attention to how God has created them and building beautiful communities and building relationships, yeah. like that is beautiful ministry that can, that can re, uh, result in some very unexpected, wonderful, awe-inspiring ways for us to connect with God. Mm. And so, so yeah, but anyway, Marcus, just, we need to get a sermon on that, man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, it also goes full circle because we've been struggling here. I know it's not a problem that a lot of people have, but we've been struggling because so many have now been excited about their role as the bride of Christ. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm not an <laughs> organizational <laughs> administrative person. It's like, now we have to have chair set up and chair down, tear down. And we've got youth groups exploding and small groups exploding and mm. missional groups exploding and all these things. I'm like, Oh my goodness, where's the senior leader for this? Because I'm the fire starter. I'm, so I'm God has given me a gift of starting fires. And so it, it's exciting. So maybe you're in a role where like you don't have anything to manage because the fire hasn't been started and you, your church may have not given someone like me permission. Mm. And, and like Mitch was saying, mm-hmm. or, or whatnot. So there's a lot of things to talk about there, but we're, we're in that process up here of literally just on Sunday, we had a local gathering of the local expression of our church that is, that is birthed out of, of the outdoor experiential worship service. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will come in and say, oh man, how did you guys plant your church? And, and who planted your church? And we're like, wait, no, we're not a church plant. We call ourselves a church weed. Because nobody planted us. We're growing where we're not supposed to be growing okay. and we're growing super fast. Yeah. So we're like, ah, you know, so we're a church weed, not a church plant. And so we got a lot of things to work on and learn and the Holy Spirit's still working on us. But we had like a hundred, a hundred people gather in our coffee shop the other day called local church. And it's like, what are we doing? It's awesome. That's some, that is some good stuff. Okay. Literally, I know we can keep this conversation going for hours, but I think this is, this is the perfect place to kind of tee up an opportunity that we have coming up in the new year. And um, the two of you are involved in that. That's in March. Um, So you want to say a little bit about that immersion experience where they can get like hands-on experiential learning um, with the two of you and, um, and get to kind of better understand what it is that we've been talking about. Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, we're just really, really excited uh, to spend time, obviously, together, but spend time with anyone coming up. Um, we're going to be at Loon Mountain with Marcus and Marcus's crew. Um, you know, and as Marcus and I have talked about it, we just, we want to, ha- we're going to have a good amount of time to build relationships just for natural conversation, spend time together, uh, but also some teaching time. Definitely, if people are skiing, are skiers or snowboarders, some time to get on the slopes. 
Now, I will say, you don't have to be a skier or a snowboarder to join us. Um, you know, if, uh, just coming up and seeing what is going on at Loon Mountain uh, and with Marcus and his crew is going to be super, super valuable um, in just to gain inspiration and ask questions of like, well, what does this, what can this begin to look like mm-hmm. um, inside of our local context? Who am I, am I, is there any permission I need to give myself? Are there people around me that I need to give permission to step into some new uh, places uh, to really go and, uh, and stoke a flame going back to the, their local place? But I'll have Marcus maybe add in a, uh, what he wants to share on that. Yeah, I mean, we we love being in person. As I said earlier, like I'm not great at this Zoom thing, but boy, <laughs> in person, you know, to taste and see. Yeah, uh, I love tasting and seeing with people. Mitch and I do it well together, and so we would love to invite you. I would say if you're an outdoor enthusiast and you're a skier and a snowboarder or a winter hiker, awesome, come on up. Our hope is to encourage you to see, like we talked about, where that passion of outdoor enthusiasm yeah. overlaps your passion for Christ. If you're an individual who is excited about mission, mm. but you're like, ah, outside's not really my deal, that's okay. Come on up here. Let me let me encourage you by telling you that the founder of our organization in 1982 was not a skier. Let me say that again. Okay. The founder of our organization that founded Outdoor Experiential Worship Services on ski resorts oh. in the Northeast was not a skier. And now he's written a book called Servants on the Slope. It's about ski resort ministry. So you don't have to be a skier. You just have to love Jesus and be willing to follow him where he takes you. So we'd love for you to come up into New England and uh, check out our church weed, I guess is what we say. Right? <laughs> I'm glad to hear that people that like to sit by the fire, watch people ski and drink some cocoa or a good cup of coffee are welcome. I, I love that. Um, yeah. Having never snow skied or done any really snow sports in my life, water skiing, yes, but not snow skiing. I, I like that. Hey, I a, love the invitation. Thank you guys so, so much for your time, for this awesome conversation and really a lot of food for thought. Um, Marcus, I would love for you to just pray for our listeners as we close out the conversation. Heather, you said the word coffee and our ministry is supported by a thrifted coffee shop. So if you're a coffee drinker, please come up and have coffee with us. But (laughs) Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for this space and this time. We thank you, God, that we can have these conversations because you are not a God that we have created in our image, Mm. but we are a people that you have created in your image. And that image is limitless. Mm. That is just limitless. We are sorry that we put you in boxes. Mm. We're sorry that we have assigned to you names that are are, are not your name Mm. and that are put put people in and out and, and create division among us, Lord. Uh, we hear from you, from your servant, Paul, in the book of Ephesians, that unity is a big deal. Mm. Lord, we hear from his letter to Titus that we should not get caught up on spiritual pedigrees and nitpicking the law, mm. but that we are through hospitality and generosity to be hosts in this good, good mm. world that we are to <laughs> welcome people to the table, that our dad is the founder of the feast and he is a mm. good father so we we love you god we thank you that you are so gracious to let us people that get in the way people that get it wrong people that sin i i am distracted by my desire over my design Mm. all the time but you still choose by the the love of your your son and by the gifting of your holy spirit to use us to be hosts in the kingdom we love you name we pray Amen. amen amen
All right. I think I think our uh, commissioning of our listeners is to go play hide and good seek. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all can find out more about this immersion. Um, We will link the registration and all the details in the show notes. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful season. Fresh Expressions is a worldwide movement of everyday missionaries who want to see churches thrive in the places we live, work, eat, and play by leveraging the creativity and endurance of the inherited church. To learn a simple five-phase process for starting a new expression of church, go to freshexpressions.com backslash how to start. Want to learn more from the Fresh Expressions team? Head over to freshexpressions.com slash training to learn ways we can work together to provide coaching, training, and inspiration for your church or organization. You can also get more resources like this on FX Connect, an online community full of other church leaders passionate about reaching new people in new places. Access our entire library of practical and inspiring training materials and connect with other church leaders at fxconnectus.org. Season four of the Fresh Expressions podcast is hosted by me, Heather Jalad. It's edited by Joel Limbaum and produced by Jeanette Statz, Kathleen Blackie, and Chris Morton. Our national director is Dr. Christopher Backert. If you have learned something or been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and share this episode on social media. Now, may God bless you in your work for the kingdom.